0: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan.
1: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Kendra Sheehan, Eric Danner here. What a uh, week! I guess it's been in Denver. Pretty, pretty crappy weather out this this morning.
2: (laughs) Crappy. Think we're on a podcast here. Need the FCC to step in (laughs) on your language, Kendra. But yeah, not uh, not the greatest weather. But it's December, uh, as we record this, December fifteenth. Yeah. And the fact we've only had one measurable snowfall—that was barely a measurable snowfall. That's true. Uh, so the, the big story, I know everybody's worried about the weather out there listening. Yeah, Denver, right. <laughs> uh, the big story is the wind today uh, supposed to be some pretty significant winds up to 100 miles an hour in the mountains Yeah, and uh, up to 80 miles an hour here on the plains.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I have ever felt 80 mile an hour winds. I don't know what that feels like. Yeah. I read somewhere on Facebook, you're supposed to crack open your window to help with the pressure that it caused or it could shout window I don't know that if that when it's like accurate. super
2: hot out you're supposed to do that so that oh you know really? your car doesn't like the windows explode. I've never actually seen it happen. I don't know if it's true or not but hmm. one of those Facebook uh, tips and, and speaking of the weather, uh place that you came from most recently before you joined the WAC here uh, had a lot of uh, devastation and hearts go out to all the people there in, in Western Kentucky and southern Illinois.
1: I mean, when you look at that footage of especially, uh, you know, Southern Illinois, and Western Kentucky, and and some of the surrounding states got hit, but Mayfield stood out to me in particular, because I had been there. I covered a few high school football games there in Missouri, and it is absolutely, oh, that's Kentucky, Mayfield, Kentucky. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, It's absolutely destroyed. I mean, I don't even know how you begin to process what has happened. I think the people are in shock. I know my old news station is going out there every day. They're sending crews and it's just devastating. There's so many ways to donate and and help those people because I think that might've gone record as one of the longest tornadoes that touched the ground. And so my heart goes out to all those people. I mean, the people of Mayfield were so kind, so welcoming when we had gone there to cover games that it just is devastating to see that people have lost their entire homes, businesses, and, and there are still several people that are unaccounted for.
2: And it seems like just an unusual time of year to have a, a big tornado like that as we're heading into winter, which uh, tends not to be, you know, tornado season, if, if you will, but yeah, what the, the uh, pictures of of that were were just uh, devastating. And uh, again, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in that part of the country. Uh, Back to WAC sports here. We had, the final football game, as it turns out of the season, uh, Sam Houston, uh, hats off to them. 22 game win streak comes to an end, at uh, a national championship in that run, but, uh, ran into a team in Montana state who started off hot and the Bearcats were just not able to overcome that, that hot start by the Bobcats,
1: man, Sam Houston. I mean, So a 42, 19 loss in the quarterfinals, but what they've done, I mean, they hadn't lost since November, 2019, put on quite a show for us fans and us whack. People for quite some time. (laughs) Whack people. That's what, (laughs) that's what I'm going to call us now. Us whack people. Uh, But I mean, you know, they, they got into a hole early, they were down 28, zero, they only got their first touchdown just before the half. And then you kind of thought, okay, they have momentum going into the half. Maybe they'll come out and, and they did, they, they did score another touchdown, right, right at the start of the third quarter. But man, Montana state is rolling with that freshman quarterback.
2: Yeah. Tommy Mellett, who was named the starter the week before. So they had another starter all season long and they're top 10, top 20 ranked team all season long. They pull the trigger on a brand new freshman quarterback Crazy. right before the previous quarterback decides to enter the transfer portal when that happens. And just seeing him play, holy smokes. I mean, the week before he rushes for over 180 yards in high winds in Montana. So kind of doing what uh, Bill Belichick did against the Buffalo Bills uh, last week oh. when there were high winds and <laughs> had three or four passes, right, during the, during the right. game. So we weren't, at least I wasn't oh, aware of Tommy's passing ability, and he dropped it in the bucket several times and also showed that rushing ability, 76 yards, two touchdowns, and caught a touchdown as well on on a Philly special.
1: That's crazy. I mean, Montana State is certainly in good hands with them, but just what a wild situation for him to come in. And I don't know if he had any nerves playing, you know, this is his second time starting did, did not appear to no he's just calm cool collected and of course eric schmidt he threw for 354 yards two scores but he was picked off three times for the first time in his career and uh the bearcats went for two on most of their touchdown drives and didn't result in two but he was picked off on that first one as well
2: big game by ife a day give yes. him a shout out nine catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns and the running game Not as big a factor as we've seen from Sam Houston, a big part of that. They were down 14 to nothing less than, you know, five minutes into the game uh, with a turnover and and that Montana State was able to turn that into a touchdown. So playing catch up uh, most of that game. So they only had uh, uh, not many yards rushing that that's pretty specific number, isn't it uh, there, Danner? (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> stat. King 79 yards, oh, 79 yards
2: rushing on 35 attempts. And that's only 2.3 yards per carry. So not, wow. not what we've typically seen, but again, a great season, a great couple of seasons for Casey Keeler and the Sam Houston Bearcats.
1: Talking men's basketball. We're just 15 days away from conference play. A lot of great games this week per usual GCU at Arizona State course the lopes falling 67 62 but holland woods dropping 20 points against his former team yeah
2: holland woods transferring from asu 20.7 rebounds led the way but uh, the gcu offense just did not get going in that matchup by the way neither did arizona state's offense uh gcu shooting uh 31.5 percent from the field where Arizona state shot 31.1% from the field. So not the uh, prettiest of games. Right. If you're, uh, if you're into, uh, baskets going in the hoop. Right. But GCU hung with them. Uh, Arizona state, of course, a, a power five, you know, pack 12 school. Uh, I, I think, uh, on another night, GCU could, could defeat Arizona state did not on that night. Good news is the Lopes are still nine and two. So, Plenty of basketball left in the year, two losses right now are to Arizona State and Wyoming, so both are, are very good teams, so that nothing to necessarily hang their heads about, but uh, uh, perhaps a missed opportunity, but uh, hopefully something the, uh, the GCU Lopes can uh, make up as we move the season along.
1: Well, I don't think they were playing with full strength. I had read that Gabe McLaughlin was sick. He actually had lost 12 pounds that week, not COVID, Mm -hmm. but, um, so he was playing kind of under the weather. And of course, Tayshaun Cherry, who also is an Arizona state transfer followed out pretty early and, uh, just four points, but another great matchup, New Mexico state at Loyola Marymount, the Aggies won 63 58 and are now eight and two overall
2: really grinded out a victory. And that's a good check Mark win there for. The Aggies, uh, Loyola Marymount playing in the West Coast Conference, six and four team. So to beat them on the road, and again, they're just to uh, keep grinding out these wins. We saw the two buzzer beaters where they won at UTEP. They won at New yep. Mexico. Now they went at Loyola Marymount and not not getting a lot of style points necessarily, <laughs> but uh, uh, definitely making their mark as, as we knew at the beginning of the year, one of the teams to watch in the WAC.
1: A win is a win, no matter how ugly but another game Denver at Dixie state. This is our one school, one thing segment that we're bringing to the WAC podcast. It started last week. Very exciting. Dixie state gets the 82 62 in their fourth straight. So they're now at 500, five and five Cameron Gooden, who is our WAC ticket smarter player of the week, 22 points, seven of 12 shooting six assists, two rebounds. With this win, so this is our one thing, is head coach John Judkins moves into a tie with Utah head coach Elaine Elliott atop the all-time coaches' victory list, men's and women's in Utah State collegiate basketball history. What a stat, what a mouthful. <laughs>
2: and Elaine Elliott goes all the way back to when Utah was in the WAC. Yeah. So there, there is a WAC tie-in that story as well, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh Dixie State plays sagu american indian on wednesday night i'm Mm -hmm. going to say john judkins is going to be by himself Oh, mark it down i i I called the dixie state win
1: okay on the
2: podcast over sagu american indian on wednesday night
1: that's tonight to
2: put john judkins by himself winning his coach in utah history and he's done it several different levels junior college level division two division one and if you have a chance to watch dixie state watch cam gooden He's a, a tremendous player, tremendous talent, CG three. Um, CG three. <laughs> he can shoot the three. Yep. He can drive to the hoop. He can dunk on. You. He's a you know shorter guy on the court, but he has that ability as well. So uh, congratulations to John Judkins. I'm going to give him the congratulations now.
1: Oh, okay. That's how
2: confident <laughs> I am.
1: Well, so should we preview some men's games to watch this week before we recap the women's? How
2: about we take a break now? All right, let's take a break. uh, When we come back, we'll, we'll preview some games and then also talk women's hoops. You're listening to the WAC Podcast.
0: We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Looking ahead to WAC men's basketball this week, several
2: big games on tap at power five schools and otherwise So uh, let's start Kendra with New Mexico state visiting Washington state.
1: Yeah, this is the last matchup in a season long four great four game stretch of true road games for the Aggies. They've won their last three games. So this is the fourth time these two teams will play each other. And head coach Chris Jans is the only coach in the history of the program who has actually taken down Washington state last time out was 2019, but they did lose that one. So it wasn't that one, but he did in his (laughs) his tenure.
2: (laughs) And as we talked about uh, previously in the show, they beat Loyola Marymount, beat New Mexico, beat UTEP. So they've grinded out some wins. So you got to like their chances in that one. We also have CSU Bakersfield traveling to Abilene Christian. That game is tonight as we record this on December 15th, CSU Bakersfield, a, a team maybe. WAC fans are familiar with. They were in the conference for a number of years. Uh, ACU, brand new to the conference, but on a roll, if you will. The uh, Wildcats, one of the better teams in WAC men's basketball right now. But uh, watching Rod Barnes' teams, the Roadrunners, they are—they uh, will slow it down for you. As evident, they won a game at <laughs> Boise State this year by a final score of forty-six to thirty-nine.
1: That's. A very low-scoring affair.
2: <laughs> Forty <laughs> minutes of basketball, right there. So, uh, th- th- there. One thing we do know about Rod Barnes teams—they're always going to be competitive. Always going to play great defense, and uh, that will be at Abilene Christian as well. So that's that's a good matchup uh, for a, a non-conference uh, slate here.
1: Yeah, both teams are very defense-oriented, and. CSU Bakersfield has a pretty deep bench. They'll play about 12 players at each average 11 minutes a game. So a lot of depth there, but ACU is on that six game win streak. And that's tonight, 730. Sit Looking time.
2: forward to that. Uh, California Baptist will be visiting Arizona on Saturday. The Arizona Wildcats, nine and zero, number eight in the country. So a tall order. And I know CBU not uh, thrilled with that loss earlier this week against Crosstown rival UC Riverside. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back after that defeat.
1: Yeah, that'll be a good one. This will actually be the Lancers second ranked opponent this season. Um, you know, I think Dan Otkin has been a bright spot for the Lancers. Of course, we've talked about Taryn Armstrong quite a bit, but Otkin uh, scored 24 points and he's shooting now 73 73- over seventy-three percent from the field, so that's a whack best. Over ten percent better than the next closest player. So I mean, he's he's getting the shots to fall. And Ty is another guy that they probably have to lean on to.
2: I've noticed CBU uh, social media has gone to calling him the Danimal.
1: The Danimal, it's, I like that.
2: We always love nicknames here on the <laughs> Black Podcast. San Francisco at Grand Canyon. Uh, not really at Grand Canyon. This is a neutral site matchup, and this is being played at the Footprint Center uh, formerly, uh, called the talking stick arena home of the Phoenix sun. So it's a big time arena there in Phoenix and the Havocs are, are known to go over there for the Jerry Colangelo classic, uh, in, uh, droves. So San Francisco, you talk about a big matchup early in the season, 10 and O in the West coast conference, big matchup for GCU as part of a, this Jerry Colangelo classic. I mean, you talk about some heavy hitters that have Gonzaga playing Texas tech, that game's going to be on CBS, San Diego state, uh, of course had a great season last year playing St. Mary's traditional power in the West coast conference, and Georgia tech playing USC. So Grand Canyon, getting to be a part of a very big time college basketball atmosphere this weekend in Phoenix.
1: Well, when they have the havocs there, they, it feels like a big time basketball experience. I mean, they, they travel, they traveled to Arizona state, um, players from, Arizona State had mentioned the atmosphere that they had created was yes. was pretty wild. So
2: that it was a bit of a home court of an advantage for yeah. GCU even playing at Arizona State, and that uh, matchup against San Francisco that's going to be on Flow Hoops. So just so you're aware of that, this is a neutral site uh, matchup. So the uh, control of of the video of that actually uh, defers to uh, the group putting this together. So it's on flow hoops as opposed to ESPN plus, just if you're looking for it on your dial, right? Nobody has a dial anymore. No,
1: <laughs> That, is, that <laughs> is old stuff, but, uh, SFA at Kansas, uh, that should be another great matchup. Jayhawks have won their last four. So, uh, and their SFA is on the road. So that is Saturday, 7 p.m. on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus should be a good game inside Allen Fieldhouse. That's always a pretty good atmosphere.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the fog, the fog Allen, legendary place in college basketball, Uh, Jayhawks, eight and one ranked number seven in the country. And and another one of these, I I know the uh, SFA folks are not happy about what happened Tuesday night, losing at home. To Louisiana Monroe, eighty-two to sixty-nine, so they would like to get a a bounce back, if you will. But uh, yeah, talk about playing against a tough opponent in Kansas. Yeah, but uh, SFA definitely has the talent to go toe to toe with anybody.
1: Absolutely, got a couple guys: David Cackleries, Gavin Kinsmill, who's been, you know, dropping dropping some points there, double doubles, near double doubles. Gavin, fourteen points, nine rebounds against Liberty. So not quite, but close.
2: And rounding out our big time games of, of the week, Seattle U at Washington, uh, crosstown rivalry is, uh, Washington is also in Seattle and the, uh, the Red Hawks have been maybe, uh, a little surprising. Uh, I don't know if that's fair to say, but, uh, seven and three to start the year. So a very good start for the Red Hawks. And it's always a, a good matchup when they play against Washington right now, four and four in the pack 12, but, uh, Hey, it, it would be great to see what one or two of these go, the wax way against one of these power five schools.
1: Well, the Huskies have canceled their last two games due to COVID reasons. And so the last game they played was actually November 27th. So been a while since, you know, they've had, they've had a game, but these two teams, they, they can play really good defense. And I think that it should be a good matchup between Sal you Darian Trammell has been just really notable player, 29 points in the last win with oh, UC San Diego. Right. So
2: yeah, he seems to be uh, kind of hitting his stride there. 29 points in 33 minutes, six steals in that one as well. As you mentioned, the defense uh, for the Red Hawks, always something to watch and Riley Grigsby. Uh, I know another person you talked to on, uh, or media days uh, yes. for, uh, for the WAC basketball preview, he had 17 points in that game on eight of 12 shootings. So those are the, the two main guys, but, uh, there's, there's also plenty of other players to watch for SU this year.
1: And that's, uh, Saturday the 18th at Washington, 7 PM Pacific time on PAC 12 network. If you want to tune in
2: WAC women's basketball, a couple of matchups to talk about this past week, UTRGV, uh, knocking off uh, soon to be WAC school incarnate word.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is their second straight win so they're now 3 and 5 on the season and uh Sarah Bershears, she's our women's Ticketmaster player of the week, 27 points, 7 rebounds, 3 steals. She's having herself quite a season and we'll get a chance to talk to her tomorrow if you tune into our Instagram whack all access will be speaking to her in the afternoon
2: is that every thursday
1: it's every thursday but (laughs) i will be making the exception on this next one that because of the holidays and people traveling aka some people me maybe no (laughs) (laughs) we'll have it on a tuesday
2: tuesday and then what about the week after that Then i can tune in on thursday the following week
1: right no. should i do it from the beach yeah.
2: <laughs> but then we'll have- it'll get started again after the new year yeah and so so sarah breshears a good way actually you're gonna have the other one on tuesday so we should have another very special guest on tuesday we won't reveal that no, just yet we don't want to jinx it still efforting yeah. at this point who the uh, guest will be on tuesday but yeah sarah breshears outstanding uh, game and well uh getting the whack ticket smarter a player of the week award lamar Uh, Getting a couple of wins, so big wins for the Cardinals, knocking off Texas State and Akasha Davis picking up freshman of the week. Once again, 17 and a half points, five and a half rebounds on the week. And she has shown early in the year, she is one to watch and that Lamar is going to be a team to be contended with.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're now on their third straight win. So they're at 500. And I think that game really came down to free throws and Sabrina Dean and Kayla Mitchell each made a few clutch free throws at the end. And head coach Aqua Franklin had mentioned that she was really pleased with the turnaround that the team has had and playing with a lot of effort and playing back to how she believes that her team has the potential to play this year.
2: So they are now four and four after starting out one and four, as you mentioned, that three-game win streak. Abilene Christian has one four in a row. They're seven and one sitting atop the WAC standings, but right a notch below them is California Baptist at seven and two. The uh, Lancers have won two in a row, but uh, they did lose to San Diego State in a tough, close game last week, uh, 78 to 77, but they bounced back beating uh, Northern Arizona. And then on Tuesday night, a one point win over UC San Diego.
1: Yeah, good for them for winning last night i guess as we're recording this on wednesday it would be last night um in that win at northern arizona though, six lancers were in double figures of course caitlin harper uh leading the team for the fifth time this season on Oleda, 13 points trinity santonio San 10 you know f- six players were, were in double figures so they got a pretty balanced offense and they maintained that lead about 90 percent of the game
2: so good job by california baptist and as we look ahead to big games to watch this week uh Right now, what's circled on my calendar is the UTRGV South Padre Island Tournament that's being played at the South Padre Island Convention Center. We were talking about this off air a little bit about South Padre Island being a, (laughs) uh, back when I was younger, a spring break destination. You'd see the MTV Spring Break crew showing up at South Padre, and it looked like a really cool place. Never had a chance to go there there myself. Yeah. uh, good for UTRGV for hosting this. Uh, we were looking at it on, on the map where Edinburgh is versus where South Padre is. So not terribly far away, but not, uh, not five minutes away. Either. So there's a little bit of travel there involved for them, but, uh, Grain Canyon making the sacrifice to go to South Padre as well yeah. for this uh, classic. So UTRGV will get a chance to play both Liberty and UT San Antonio and while, they play those on uh, those on certain days, then Grand Canyon will play on on the other day. So Grand Canyon playing two games as well. And you can catch all the action with Jonah Goldberg on the ESPN plus uh with our agreement with the, uh, the WAC.
1: Now, dare we say that that is our watchworthy segment that we are also adding. Watchworthy. Watch. Yeah, we watch, could do watch, watch, watch. I think <laughs> you could do that as we introduce it.
2: Yeah. That's, I don't know if that's
1: going to catch on or not, but uh, could it could be. It can. It could be watched if you want it to enough. We also have another great game. UTEP <laughs> at New Mexico state. That is tonight, Wednesday, 6 PM. They have already played once this season. Aggies losing 76, 61.
2: And this game was supposed to have been played. I believe a week or two ago, there was yeah. a, uh, a COVID issue with the UTEP team. So they're getting that game uh, made up tonight.
1: Yeah. It's been 10 days since the Aggies have had a game. So Last last game, of course, was a loss to New Mexico. So looking to get back into the win column tonight.
2: When we come back, we're going to take a break. Let's first, take a break. Then when we come back, yep. we're going to talk to Patrick Colbert, who is our new Senior Associate Commissioner for Internal Affairs. We're going to talk about WAC Vegas and all kinds of other stuff coming up next on the WAC Podcast.
0: Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com.
1: Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Kendra Sheehan, Eric Danner, and we have another fabulous guest this week, Patrick Colbert. Senior Associate Commissioner for Internal Operations, welcome to the WAC and welcome to our Denver headquarters.
3: Thank you. It's, what is it
1: like to have yeah, been here?
3: It's great. Week? It's great. Uh, it's been great to be integrated with the staff for a couple of weeks now. It's finally nice to be able to be in the office, actually interact. You know, other than the talking heads on Zoom, it's great to be able to to talk to people, get to know everybody, have a feel of what everybody does, their, their different roles within the office. So it's been refreshing. Um, you know, the weather today, not, not living <laughs> up to expectations, but or actually living up to expectations. December, We're in Denver true. in yeah. December, so, yeah. you know, high expectations, but no, it's been great. Everyone's been so welcoming and it's, it's been a really a pleasure thus far.
1: I don't think I've seen rain since I've been here.
2: It's been a couple months. Yeah. This has been very
3: unusual. <laughs> yeah, but. that's what I've been told.
2: Yeah. So, so Patrick, tell us a little bit about uh, what brings you to the WAC. I know you worked for the American Conference, American Athletic Conference most recently, and, and kind of what had you interested in coming here to the Western Athletic Conference?
3: Yeah, I think a couple things. I mean, professionally, it was, a, it was kind of a no-brainer. It does a lot for me in terms of my involvement as a, as a professional. Um, you know, but the, the WAC is an established league. It has been for quite some time there's an opportunity for growth just with the the ever you know the never-ending realignment that we see across college athletics and seeing what has been done to this point to make this league as as good as it can be uh and hitting some really top markets and bringing in some institutions academically athletically that can lend themselves to be you know a top tier contributor and i think we're always looking to strive for excellence and be a multiple bid league in multiple sports on an annual basis. And I think the steps have been made to help us do that. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a small part of that. I want to be a big part of it, whatever, you know, how I can be a, a cog in the machine as you will. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Brian, uh, mm-hmm. Brian was a, was a great uh, mentor for the 15, 16 months we worked together. It was a short time, but it was a long time because it was a, A COVID year, (laughs) so we spent a lot of time together, and it was great to get to know him uh, as a as a person, as a professional. I know how he works, and when he got this position, you know, uh, you think things can go your way, um, but we had some really good conversations, and and you know how our partnership could kind of work, and um, that was that was kind of a no brainer for me. Um, So aside from just being immersed with a great staff. Uh, an established staff that's, you know, I think that the neat thing about uh, before coming on board is kind of doing some research on on the people that are here. Uh, everybody mostly has been here for quite some time. And that lends itself, it tells me that people like to work here mm-hmm. um, and have an understanding of of the, the core values of the member institutions, of how we like to attack things uh, with our administrators, um, and just to, again, to be a part of that and, and come and and team up with Brian to try to enhance as as much as we can, um, was kind of a, uh, something that really attracted to me and, and hopefully I can, you know, be a, a little part of it.
1: Well, we're excited to have you here. Now, one of the roles that you had at the American Athletic Conference was the tournament manager for the men's and women's basketball tournament. And you'll be in that same role for the WAC Vegas coming up, which is you know one of our biggest championships. Yeah. What are you looking forward to most about WAC Vegas this year?
3: Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to really wrapping my arms around all the different things um, <laughs> that go into these tournaments, um, because obviously I'm coming from the American and there was a certain way of doing things. And a lot of it, don't get me wrong, is transferable to how we're going to be doing things this year and moving forward. And I think the most, you know, (laughs) the thing I'm looking forward to the most is having a normal tournament and, and getting back to getting fans in the building, how we can attack ticket sales, how we can uh, attract locals, you know, uh, basketball fans, uh, alumni bases in, in and around Vegas. It's a good spot. It's clearly where our membership wants to be. Um, And I think we have the staff that is invested in putting on a a great event for our student athletes. And I think, you know, this year um, we're going to be in two different arenas. So that lends lends some challenges, but it also gives us some opportunity to collaborate with other leagues and see best practices on what they do, because obviously what they do, affects what we do. And I think we've already had some really good conversations with some of the Vegas-based leagues uh, that have their tournaments in Vegas. And um, I'm looking forward to continuing to collaborate, um, make sure that we're, get, we're putting our best foot forward um, and putting our staff in positions of success. You know, I think the basketball tournament is a grind. And it is uh, it's a it's a long week. It's a challenging week, but it's also a week that you really bond with the staff. Let's be honest; you're spending a lot of time together. Got to take care of your feet. That's number one, (laughs) and then number two, just putting people in positions where they can be comfortable um, and successful. And I think because, like you just said, this is our probably our most prominent event with the most eyeballs on it in venue, uh, externally uh, from television and and ESPN Plus and all that. So I think um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how we can, what we can do. I'm, I'm a lot of it is going to be observation for me this year and evaluating on how we can do things even better next year. Um, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity and learning from the staff. They've been great, you know, to, to coach me up and uh, I'm asking millions of questions and it's probably going to get old soon, (laughs) but I'm sorry, it's just going to happen. So it's, it's been good.
2: We're talking with Patrick Colbert, our senior associate commissioner for internal affairs and talking about WAC Vegas, it's going to be different this year anyway. You know, you're jumping on a moving train here starting in December, but the number of teams we're going to have this year going up to 10, the last year with a COVID year and with with some transition, that type of thing, we had about half of that number. So one of the challenges what we're adding an extra day as as well. So where, where do we stand as far as, as planning? uh, I mean, it's only a few months away now.
3: I know scary (laughs) enough. I know. I think, like I said, we've we've been doing a lot of uh, proactive collaboration with both the Pac-12 and the West Coast Conference because uh, on our first day of the tournament, you know, we'll be at Mandalay Bay, um, and the Pac-12 will just be wrapping up. So a lot of a lot of moving parts there, but also at the same time, I think we're just trying to get ahead of things so that we have an understanding of how their setup's going to be, what kind of you know operational policies that they've got in place that can transfer to what we do because you know we're trying the the work work smarter not harder model uh with that because there are a lot of moving parts and obviously the the prime part of our tournament will be at orleans and that's going to be our main focus and and we're really going to take that building over once we get through the first round but we also are very cognizant that we want to give the same experience to those teams playing on tuesday uh, at mandalay bay so um, a lot of it's collaboration. A lot of it is, is just trying to, you know, ma- basically make a laundry list of items that makes sense to transfer from arena to arena. Um, you know, we're going to have, make it really a kind of an open experience from, from a fan perspective. Um, there's a lot of different questions as it relates to ticketing and credentialing and, and how you handle those sorts of things. But again, we're, we're just trying to get a sense of what the leagues before us are doing um, while also being able to brand that, you know, Mandalay Bay to the best of our ability before transferring over to Orleans. So, um, at the end of the day, everything we do is with, with the student athlete in mind. So I think we're just trying to get to a point where we're not letting them down in any sort of area. Um, but we're, we're, we're in a really good spot. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we're trying some new things, ticketing, uh, this year for the first time that I'm still learning about. Um, so we're going to see how that goes at Orleans. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we're gonna, we're gonna provide a good atmosphere. We're gonna have a lot of different in-game promotional efforts, hopefully. Uh, still, mm-hmm. still working with Clark County on, on what the, those protocols need to be or, or will look like in March. They, they're, they're something now. They might be different you know, after the, the holiday break, which I know everyone is, is fearing uh, after the kids come back from school, uh, from vacation, excuse me. So a lot of different things going on, but I think we're, we're making the, the right strides, having the right conversations.
1: Now, Patrick, you were a student athlete yourself, four-year starter for the men's soccer team at Colby Sawyer College. Did you ever think that when you were going through school and, and now that this is where you'd be, did you want to get into athletic administration?
3: That's a good question. <laughs> and um, so Colby Sawyer is a liberal arts school. And I, I chose that school on purpose because coming out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So i um, Part of that experience, my academic experience was trying to f- kind of pave my road and, and finding out that sport management degrees even existed was something that was kind of a home run for me. I had always you know participated in sports. I mean, you know friends and, and I would make fake kickball leagues and I would make <laughs> schedules and, and I, I loved it and I didn't know that at the time, you know being a, a 15, 16 year old that, that you could make a career out of it. So when I found out that that was something you could do, I jumped on it, and you know where that degree took me. I didn't necessarily think it would be here, uh, conference office, campus, uh, professional, amateur, whatever it may be. Um, I kind of fell into it coming out of uh, coming out of college. I got an internship at another league office, and I've been in a league office ever since. And I think that was a big part of of you know uh, the trust that Brian had in me to bring on board because of all the different experiences at four different leagues. Um, with different staffs, different memberships, and different ways of doing things, and uh, it's it's definitely crafted uh, my professional uh, path. Uh, but no, I definitely I, I didn't see me being here today. It, I'm thankful, grateful to all the mentors I've had along the way. Without them, I don't really know where I'd be. Um, so there's a lot of people that contributed to to me being here today and working with with you great people. Um, but uh, there was a lot of different questions, you know, through my academic you know career you know through masters and and undergrad about what i how i really wanted to use those degrees you're spending a lot of money on a piece of paper right (laughs) everybody knows that and but you want to make sure at the end of the day that it's going to bring value to you so um luckily i'm grateful and i know there's a lot of professionals out there maybe struggling with with what where their next steps are going to be so And that's part of what I like to do. And and I know a lot of our staff is, you know, mentoring and trying to get people in in positions of success and at least providing them, you know, uh, some opportunity to get to to their next job. I think that's what it's all about. So uh, but with a, without that support, you know, uh, throughout the way, I don't, I'm not sure where I'd be so thankful and grateful for that.
2: Well, you may have been commissioner of a kickball league, and I may yes. or may not have been commissioner of a Muppet football league when I was, oh, eight okay. years old.
3: Oh, wow. Play by
2: play goes way back. I mean, there, there was a lot into that, uh, so I hear. Do you but, think you have yeah. those
1: old tapes? Uh, there's no tapes. No, we will find, <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: we'll find no, videos. But uh, we, we had Brian Thornton, our, our new commissioner, sitting in, in that chair a few weeks back. And one of the things uh, we talked a little bit about was the uh, similarities, maybe, between the American co- Athletic Conference and the WAC, and specifically, all the transitions, all the mm. changes. And, and you've been through a lot of that, so I guess this is kind of old hat coming into the whack with that.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I think if you work at a conference office these days, you really know, you don't know what's coming at you from day to day. Um, we had a lot of transition and, and in the American that started, I mean, I, I had a year at the big East and when the Catholic seven schools split from then on, I mean, every, it, it seemed like every other year there was, there was, we were adding or schools were leaving. And, you know, at that, at that point, you kind of learn to deal with it and you learn to work with with your membership on okay this is what's going to happen we don't know next steps in terms of when a school is leaving when a school is coming in who's coming in to fit you know what markets are coming in and you know i think the interesting thing is working with so many different sport groups and coaches groups and administrative groups uh everyone has motives and and i think the biggest thing is trying to get the membership collectively on the same page as to, okay, we know this is going to happen. How are we going to move forward from it? Uh, was a big piece uh learning experience for me. And uh so nothing surprises me uh these days, but coming in, you know, and learning about the different realignment, you know, situations that have kind of uh come up here, um, I think they've already been addressed and, and would continue to attack and, and be aggressive in, in other membership opportunities as we move forward, as they lend themselves. Um, because I think, you know, uh, coming from the American, that was that was kind of a, uh, a philosophy is, you know, you're never really going to say no without at least hearing somebody out. And um, I think we're always looking for that next opportunity to, to grow our league and, and make it easier for coaches to recruit, make it easier for ADs to want to be in the chairs that they are in, in our league and, and not use it as a stepping stone. And that was another thing at the American that I think is, um, you know, kind of translate here is we want to make it the home you know, for, for, for people to want to work and be a part of moving forward. And a lot of that is developing a core membership that's stable. I think we're there. I think we're going to continue to, to enhance upon that. And, you know, we've already had some great conversations, meetings with uh, athletic directors. We have a a meeting tomorrow with them to go over some, some big scheduling pieces moving forward with obviously incarnate word coming in, which, you know, is a great ad, but it changes things and Mm -hmm. we need to, to come up with some strategies. So it's, uh, yeah, a lot of it is, is, is uh, kind of old news for me, uh, but it's always different, always challenging. But at the end of the day, you know, that's what makes it exciting to work in, in the, the industry we, we are in. It also kind of teaches you how to adapt and, and be flexible and, and not sweat the small stuff because you just never know what's going to happen next
1: that is so true well we're super excited to have you here patrick thank you so much for joining us that was patrick Polber, our senior associate commissioner for internal operations joining us at the WAC headquarters in denver voice cracking there <laughs> blame the weather but <laughs> uh thank you so much and Absolutely. thanks for listening on this episode of the WAC podcast
0: thanks for listening to the WAC podcast make sure to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and check out our website at waxsports.com.